I'm Alexander. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jim. And this is Topic Lore. It's the only place on the internet you're going to hear topics discussed. Alexander, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? Hi, I am Alexander Young. I teach math at the college level and uh, I love that job. I don't do anything else that you could find. There's a small chance to run into like maybe a Quora post I wrote at some point, but that's about it. All the other stuff I do is not worthy of public consumption. Have you ever figured out the height of a flagpole by measuring its shadow? Ah. Uh, and is that real? <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like the sort of thing that I would have confidently done at a child despite having bad tools of measurement and getting it confidently wrong. But confidently is the important part. Yeah. They don't there, know. It seems like you could do that. You'd measure the shadow with a tape measure and then you just have to know the time of day, right? And the date. The limiting factor here is the mechanical. Do you have a ruler on hand? Do you have a good shot of the shadow? <laughs> Um, how accurate is that part? I'm just remembering a time in elementary school where we were supposed to do, uh, it was like peel a potato to see the surface area. And I thought I could do that with like calculus and I couldn't, but I was very confidently wrong. And I kept peeling the potato until it got the result. I think it should have had. Yeah. Which I think is an important lesson to have in your early life about. That's how science gets done. Arrogance. <laughs> you know, the trick is that you can't lay the potato peel flat. That's the problem. Oh, the other thing I do that you have a non-zero chance of running into me doing is that I have been an interpreter at a medieval reenactment village. <laughs> What's the name of the village? Uh, Camland Village. It's over in Carnation. Okay. I unironically need to know everything about that, like right now. <laughs> like, I don't. You take my slot. <laughs> One of my topics is tangentially related to it. I'm so excited. Yeah. Alexander, you also uh, designed the uh, Chess Invaders minigame from Frog Fractions oh, 2. Yes. And oh, that's, no way. that's something that's also something that Ryan worked on. So you two have worked together. Yeah. Ryan that's made right. the music for it. That was some of my favorite music to do in that game, too, was for, for that second. Yeah. The like da 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 da. Yeah. I remember it. That's um, a jam. Uh, I think last year I got a student who came up and confronted me about my involvement in Frog Fractions 2. <laughs> confronted. <laughs> Is, is a yeah. ominous word there. You were accosted. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. Are yeah. responsible for this filth like that? <laughs> in front of it. Ryan, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? I'm Ryan Ike. I'm a composer and sometimes sound designer for video games. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ryan Ike Audio, where I like to talk about being a freelancer and being a creative person and uh, how other people can do those things without uh, their life falling apart, hopefully. It would also be cool if people checked out my most recent soundtrack, which is for a game called Wizard with a Gun, which is like a survival co-op magical exploration adventure game uh, that I did a lot of like Western and synth kind of fusion music for that I'm pretty stoked about. Yeah. I, I got to ask, fusion with what? Or is it just fusion? It's a, <laughs> Fusion is a loaded word too that I should watch out what I'm saying. I'm I'm a musician. You'd think I would know better, but it's like, Country Western, like acoustic guitar and like, you know, heavy anvil and, you know, like, uh, like whip cracks and that kind of thing sort of, uh, juxtaposed with like cosmic, like seventies and eighties, like analog synths, you know, like imagine like a wizard painted on the side of a van, but also he's wearing a cowboy hat and smoking a cigarette. And like, that's the, the musical equivalent of that is what I'm going for. I mean, I guess I could also imagine a wizard with a gun. Oh my God. That's probably why they called it that yeah <laughs> okay this whole thing's really coming together that's for me. the name of the game <laughs> I, I do i do like your the, the the image of the wizard on the van as well i do too that immediately conjured a picture in my mind i've i've always wanted to see that and then you you want the picture of the wizard on the van and then you want it to park and then you want that wizard to get out of the van and walk into the <laughs> liquor store <laughs> by a huge case of natty ice and just very confidently drive away right Flawless parallel park, too. Oh, yeah. It's magical. Yeah, all wizards can. He, he uses the gun to parallel park. <laughs> Use gun on car. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready to start on some topics? I was born ready. I'll die ready. Oh, not on the show, though. I've, I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> that would be a very special episode of Topic Lords. <laughs> you'd have to all really have a lot of like the jokes would go out the window and you'd have to do a lot of exposition on like, what does life really mean? And, you know, now that he's gone, what do we do? I think it would just be an hour of us confused because I'm 
we're trying to figure out what happened. Right. After, and then after the show wrapped, we would call 911 and say, hey, I think <laughs> this I think, guy died 52 minutes ago. Can you guys? <laughs> yeah. Is it too late to do anything about that? Or in the meantime, here's an hour of mortifying audio of us saying, God, Ryan's been gone a while, hasn't he? <laughs> Uh, Alexander, your topic is getting so agitated that you cook dinner. Yeah. So, this is, this is like hearing a take so bad that you instantly have to go to sleep. Yeah. So this isn't a real thing in that it happened to a fictional character. It was in a book I was reading. There is a, there's a character who's just like this, you know, virtuoso, you know, uh, kingdom famous cook. And he has this incident that makes him really like stressed and agitated and fearful in the middle of the night. So, he goes home and the thing he has to do to take the edge off is make a big meal. He's not even hungry. <laughs> so he's stuck with this food that he doesn't want to eat, but he kind of has to. And it just struck me as both believable and entirely foreign to my experience with cooking. Is is cooking agitating for you? I mean, it's not de-stressing, yeah. um, but I don't, I'm not really, uh, I don't really have the f- feel of it. I, I've been praised several times my ability by my ability to follow instructions, but I don't think that's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a skill. I've had situations where I get really like overwhelmed and agitated and I just like take a piece of paper and just like scribble out some differential equations and stuff for something I've been thinking about. And it's like, that's probably pretty foreign to a lot of people as well. Just getting so agitated that you have to scribble out some differential equations. Yeah. Just get what's, you know, work out. I just, I guess it's a, it's a distraction. Is it just a little like stimulation? Is it like a need for order in one's life? A lot of us have ways of feeling less stressed that is totally foreign to everybody else. Yeah. I could see it. I could see like a guy, like I just, a new guy just dropped whenever he thinks about death. (laughs) This is a new guy. (laughs) Whenever he thinks about death, he has to make a sandwich. like sandwiches no and it's not for him no as per your example they're delicious but he hates them. if you want if you want a sandwich you have to start talking to the guy about death yeah you have to get him pissed off enough it's cruel or scared enough of the the end that he'll make you a, a bologna on wheat sounds like a toxic relationship yeah well this guy's got enough problems like i feel like we're just like you know a grain of sand on the pile at that point that's <laughs> like, right he's got other things he's got to sort out before we're a problem I mean, like, we're all familiar with, like, being so angry that you don't cook anything, right? Like, attempting to cook and then just going, like, fuck, and just ordering something because you... Yes. No. No, not at all. Very familiar with the phenomenon of... I've never had this happen to me. No. No? (laughs) No. You've never, like, been stressed out, so you don't want to cook tonight? Like, this happens to me all the time. I've been super distracted, and I don't get around to cooking. Do you get stressed? Me? Do you feel stressed? Like ever? Yes. <laughs> okay. But like, if I have something that I know I need to do, I feel like the stress impulse makes me do it instead of makes me not do it. Oh, that's it's an- more oh, stressful okay. to make the call to not do it. Whoa. What kind of interesting? Like, imagine having that kind of brain where, like, the I don't have to. <laughs> where, like, the the <laughs> touche podcast host. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm imagining it. It sounds nice. It sounds like uh, it sounds awesome. Yeah, an extremely productive <sighs> way of yeah. All you have get, to do is like if you want to get something done, all you have to do is get really upset. I, I don't. I don't do it. So, for example, I didn't have. I didn't have very good eating habits today. I didn't make myself very much of a lunch because I was so distracted and I felt like I had other things to do. And it's more of a matter of being unable to assess one's tasks. Uh huh. Because that's like to get to rejecting a task is you first have to assess it. And if you can't get there, then you just do everything in order of feeling of urgency slash how much is it currently in your face? That's a, that's a very different. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I probably make worse food if I'm just like not having it. <laughs> that's, it sounds frustrating in its own way, but in my brain, not living that way getting so agitated with the tasks that I'm just like more motivated to finish it. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like heaven, which I'm sure it's not, but (laughs) it it is. If the thing that you really want to do with yourself today is the thing that is currently occupying your head the most, if that is not the case, it gets bad. Okay. (laughs) 
I see. So like if my task that somehow floated into my brain was like today, I think I'm going to just try my hand at filling my, my Prius full of snakes. And then that continues to piss me off because they're hard to handle. And this is like arbitrary and actually it's like extremely dangerous. And I'm getting really aggravated. I'm going to see it through if I'm you, because like, I'm more likely to to finish it because the agitation now fuels me to fill my car with snakes. But the task I happen to set for myself is a bad one. So it sucks. Is there a process, story right? behind this? No, I mean, it's... I would say to your question, <laughs> yes. Like I'm trying to get behind like this, this agitation fueling you to finish the tasks in your day, including cooking and that being awesome. Unless the task is something you don't want to do that makes you agitated. And then you're kind of stuck on this path to destruction because you're just going to get more agitated, but it's going to fuel a task that you would rather not finish at this point anyway. You know, but the, you have the, to. the truly bizarre thing about what you just said is I think it's partially <laughs> responsible to me filling uh, raccoons in my car, but not snakes, but it was a Prius. As in this happened. You twisted this whole thing back around on me because now I can't tell what's real and hey, what's you not. You mentioned putting wild animals in a Prius. I know, but I was just making, I'm just being a stupid yeah. clown. It sounds like your story is real. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he had, to, he had to supply the pinatas for a children's birthday party. <laughs> can we, can we, is it gauche to ask about the raccoon Prius story? Um, not gauche so much. I'm one, like, I'm wondering how much uh time to monopolize on our topics here because it is a whole story and i've been told it's a very good one let's just it is let's, a topic let's do it let's do it let's let's hear this story i was gonna say here's now here's the time everybody knows but it's actually been part of somebody a friend's stand-up routine as well so it's not the first time it's been given to a public audience <laughs> we keep chickens and um one of the things that we periodically get is raccoons that come at night and our raccoons will eat chickens if they get the opportunity and they're motivated to do so. The main thing that keeps them apart is time. Chickens are purely diurnal, raccoons are nocturnal. Anyway, that's a backstory. So uh, we have a vested interest in getting rid of raccoons that show up, um, but it's tricky. Like, you know, we don't want to poison anything. We don't really want to kill them very much, but it's like, if there's a way to get them to leave in one way or another, then we're for it. So. There was uh, one of our strategies was appeasement. We started leaving out food in the front. We were kind of doing that anyway for the neighborhood cats. And, you know, we got a, we got a regular coming by. Um, so much so that one day just standing and watching her in front of the, uh, standing and watching her out on the porch, she comes up to me, taps me on the pant leg and said like, hey, where's the chow? <laughs> it's like, I'm flabbergasted. This is a wild animal who's very much smaller than I. Yeah. Uh, she starts getting bigger and bigger and then has four little kits. Raccoons are pretty hilarious mothers. I've got anecdotes of them like stealing treats from their kids because they want it. Uh, their kids are always just scrapping and fighting and bullying each other for food. But yeah, we were like, if they're young, they're going to get more audacious. They're going to eventually, what if I went during the day and tried to get these tasty little birds wandering around? So we have somewhat of a plan. We get these traps that can trap raccoon-sized animals, put them out, and we know a place to drive them. Now, here's the problem. Raccoons are smart creatures. And if you don't get the right trap, they in, it closes on them, but they're just so big that it can't fully close and they get out, they're not going in anymore, unless they're kids, because kids are stupid. So I trapped all four of the kids, but the mother just wasn't having it. And baby raccoons will cry when they're in distress, like they'll make these loud chittering noises, but it's about as stressful as a human crying. And uh, the mother just kept coming by in the day, like, please let them out. <sighs> Problem is she would not get in the trap herself, no matter how I tried, much I tried to convince her in there. And I really want to get this done. I want to get them out of here. I got to go to work. It's the morning. I can't take all the noise. So kids in the traps into the Prius. That way the mom will follow them. Uh and I can close the trunk. And now I've got all of them. <laughs> it was early in the morning. I was really kind of at my wits end. And also, I got to get this done somehow. You see, we have an understanding. She's the one that came up and patted me on the leg, right? What yeah. she going to do? Bite me? She bit me. She bit you. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. It was actually pretty nice of her. She could have waited till we were on the freeway that attacked me. But no, like uh, <laughs> she immediately knew she was cornered and... Uh, not one instant after I sat down in the car, did uh, she scream at my ear and bite me on the arm. 
Well, raccoons are known for their gentleman's duelist mentality where they're they're honorable fighters who will not actually bite you when you're going 70 miles an hour. I mean, I'm a big, scary guy. And I guess I just didn't put together the fact that, yeah, she's going to understand she's cornered in this car. It's not the butt corners in there, actually. I get it. Because, like, if, if I had, like, a, you know, the people at my hardware store... Like whenever we go in there, they're super nice. You know, I could see that being the human equivalent of a relationship where I could like tap you on the leg and get a treat. Like I could just say, hi, I can have pleasantries with them. You know, I don't actually get treats from them, but it's like the human equivalent. Like, hi, I, I know you. I trust you enough to have a beyond normal interaction with you. But if they like kidnapped my family, I think I would get, <laughs> I'd get hostile pretty quick, you know? So like, I guess I kind of understand it. I'm not trying to take sides here. No, no. But I get it. No, I, I, you know, got, I had to go to the emergency room. It didn't like, you know, bit me through the arm, but it's like, we're not taking chances on this, of course. And, yeah. you know, the doctors were all like, boy, but you want to kill that raccoon. And I'm like, no, I think she's in the right on this one. Honestly, <laughs> I think I see her point of view here. Oh man. What happened to the raccoon? What happened to all the raccoons? Uh, so we, um, God, there's some amount of time passed. Most of that day was spent waiting to be seen in the ER and waiting to get shots and, you know, worrying about the American healthcare system, et cetera. But eventually we figured out we're going to rent a U-Haul, except I was so stressed and messed up that I, I like didn't get to the U-Haul place before it closed. So I had to call around to the Home Depots that happened to be open because uh, they do truck rentals and eventually you'll find one that will not ask too many questions at 10 p.m. And uh, so load them in the truck and she's gone and I'm freaking out. Eventually she comes back, but she looks there. She sees her kids in the giant, uh, you know, words are failing me here. The, the, the section of the trunk that is not accessible from the driver's seat, you know, the big, the, the contained compartment, whatever you call it. And she looks at me and is like, this is a trap, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. This, this guy's nothing but traps. Now. What are you going to do? Your kids are in there. I have to hide so that she doesn't get suspicious. And then basically it's the Indiana Jones scene. I run over, start closing in it. She runs for the exit. Like, nope, 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 nope. The rest of the night is me driving down uh, the streets um, with a bunch of crying, chattering raccoons in the back, hoping to God I don't do not get pulled over. God, imagine. Like, I'm glad that didn't happen. I want to be very mm -hmm. clear. But imagine. Yeah. So, sir, can I can I check your so trunk? This story gets at the end if you've been pulled over. Officer, I swear it's not what you think. <laughs> Whatever you're thinking, even it's after I said that. that. <laughs> it's not that either. I'm thrilled because I just said something stupid, a thing I do constantly all day, every day. I don't think anything of it. It's never triggered an almost identical story to the dumb thing I said that it can be argued only had one detail swapped out. And the real life detail is maybe a little dumber and less advised than the thing that I said. Because depending on the snakes, it might not be so bad just having a bunch of garter snakes in your car. It's like, yeah, that's not nothing. a big deal. But <laughs> you filled your car with the smartest, most rabid animals that there I are. I think there's strategies. <laughs> like, even if it's like a ball python, it's like maybe if you put the AC on, it'll get sluggish. I don't know. That's a good point. <laughs> or our Prius has one of those dorky, like, rollout things that you like, sort yeah. of like an overhead projector thing. You, like, you pull it out and it covers the trunk, you know, so people can't see what yeah, you got. That was enough to cover the kids, but there was no further space. You just need to get, for the snakes, you get, uh, like, a big fork and spoon and you twirl them up like spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Strap them to the roof? I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, like wind socks. That'd be yeah. sweet. <laughs> are, we, are we ready for another topic? I think we're pretty ready for another topic. I... I'm embarrassed to go now. I don't even want to talk about mine because all I can think about is is a stuff full of raccoons. But yeah, I'm, you, I'm ready. Listen, <laughs> you made your bed. <laughs> now you got to fill it with snakes. That's right. What? Uh, Ryan, your topic is what's an acquired taste that's worth acquiring? What's one that's not worth the effort? What's even the point of even acquiring a taste for anything when there are probably infinite options that you don't have to teach yourself to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, a thing I think about pretty frequently. Anytime somebody brings up an acquired taste, I don't become that guy, hopefully, and immediately be like, the whole idea of an acquired taste is flawed. Like, I don't, you know, I get it. And I have acquired tastes 
for things in my life that I'm gl- I'm really glad I did. So I understand did that. You, it, you, you've worked for it. Yes, I have. I, I busted my ass for some things. And I've also acquired some tastes that I had for a while where I was like, I think I like this. And then have realized that, no, I, I don't actually. And I, you know, I kind of wasted that effort. What was a taste you busted your ass for? <laughs> um, moving to know. moving to the West Coast uh, coincided with the t- uh, time in my life when I I kind of like got into beer. Like I wasn't like brewing my own stuff, but it was when I started drinking it, being like, I think I actually like the taste of some of these. And I became like, don't picture like an IPA guy, please. But I was drinking a lot of those and thought that I w- thought I liked them, and I don't really drink these days and having been off it for long enough, it's like, I could admit to myself like, Oh yeah, that no offense to anyone in here who enjoys those. But I was like, that was like carpet cleaner. I didn't, I didn't ever like that. I just thought it was like, I don't know. I fell into like feeling like there must be something about this. I'm not understanding yet. Cause so many people on the West coast like these. And I like elements of them. I like hops when it's in other things. There's like a sparkling water you can buy out here that has hops in it. That's like, Ooh, this, this makes it kind of like sharp. And I'm kind of into that, but like, I don't know. It's like being off it for a couple of years uh, now has been enough for me to be like, I don't miss that. I've had to go off coffee, which is another one for uh, a medication for a while for like eight months. And I missed coffee every day that I wasn't able you to. You can't even it. drink decaf. Uh, yeah, it was so, I had to be so off caffeine that even the trace amounts in decaf could have been bad. Yeah. While I was like trying out a, a brain med. So it was like literally one specific Swedish type of like super decaf that was really expensive to get had no caffeine whatsoever, even trace amounts. So yeah. And so that, that was like sort of my litmus test that I realized later, like, oh, I, I missed coffee every day when I couldn't have it. And for almost a year, I couldn't have it. And beer, it took like two months before I was like, I don't know that I ever actually liked that. And I think I just fooled myself. It was like sunk cost fallacy, you know, like. <laughs> I do think that beer and alcohol are like the, the classic example of like, this is, n- nobody actually likes this. You have to, <laughs> you have to work to get, get to the point where you can tolerate it. And then you say, now, I, now I have a taste for whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to describe this to an alien species, like the whole idea of like types of drinks, it's basically humans devising ways to trick alcohol past their tongue. Right. <laughs> yeah. My body is constantly trying to tell me this is poison. All you need is an IV drip and it's problem solved. Yeah. Take that God. What's up now? <laughs> and so it's one of those things, like it's a tricky edge to walk because that intellectually, because it's like, I understand why people do it. I've acquired taste for things that I'm really happy. I did coffee's one, the the whole like Dark Souls gen- subgenre of games. Oh yeah. It took me five years to finish Dark Souls. Uh, did you acquire the taste for it or were you just like, well, thank, thank God that's done. Never again. You know? uh, I mean, you know, are you familiar with hazing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely um, think back on that as like, if I didn't think back on it fondly, I would just be like, what What am I even doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, I suppose, right? Like half a decade is a... I went on to play Bloodborne after that, like on purpose. So like you were tricked into it. It wasn't like a <laughs> a dark fact. Right. Like but, you- but then I haven't played another one of those since. Oh, no, I, I played Elden Ring, but I played it with cheats on. Nice. Which I hi- highly recommend. Uh, yeah, insanely valid. Like whatever whatever gets you, if if that makes you enjoy a thing, like why not? And so uh, my point is, I know that there is, I'm not asking like, is there ever value in acquiring a taste for something? I think there absolutely can be. But I think a thing I, I get stuck on sometimes is like, would somebody be really negatively served if they just stuck to things that they know they enjoy immediately? I'm not saying never try anything new, but I'm saying like, if you try something, you're like, I don't think this is for me. There's infinite shit. There's infinite flavors and games and movies and everything. Why not just stick with the stuff that you know you like? That's something that I feel like is is more much more true now than it was when we were kids, right? Right. That's what makes me think of it. There's infinite content. Right. right. Which I think does mean that we're going to be seeing like more humans growing up, never having had to work for entertainment. Never having had to like try hard to appreciate something because like there's always something that's just they know they're going to love. Yeah. Why would you waste your limited life? You know, like there are so many shows that we all grew up with this idea of like, oh, you got to watch the show. It's awesome. It gets really good in season two. And like. (laughs) Right. Yeah. After 12 hours. Yeah. After 12 hours of your. Are you out of your 
fucking mind now. You know, like I can feel my threshold for that going down steadily as I get older. Cause I'm, I didn't grow up with that, but I'm dropping into that, that phase of my life where it's like, it's really, I'll give it like an episode dog, but it's really got to get good. Like pretty fast. Cause like I could don't threaten me with boredom, you know, like I will just switch to one of the 7 trillion things that are made exactly for me than sit through 12 hours of a thing that I might like after I've spent an entire day of my one waking existence on it, you know? Yeah. I don't know like what, what that is going to be like in terms of like, what, what would the negative effects be on a human, but we're going to find out. (laughs) We're all going to fuck around and find out. I mean, I think you touched on a couple things there about how it sometimes works. One is, Sometimes you'll try something and then you won't like it. And then for some reason, you'll just kind of think of it again. And it's like, oh, I could do that again. Oh, yeah, now that I know it's been a while. I, that's kind of how I thought about, um, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the sea urchin sushi. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just like, wow, what is this garbage? And it's like, you know, that was just really light and creamy in a way that I could really go for right now. It's strange. But that feels different because that doesn't feel like you're forcing yourself through it, like you're putting in work. Yeah. You just ambiently let your mind and body and whatever process it to a point where it came back in your life. And you're like, you know, I could kind of go for that again. That feels like a different process than like, I'm going to keep forcing myself to eat this sushi that I don't really like because I think I should like it. Or I think there might be a taste worth acquiring, you know? I mean, there were just, there was a long podcast I listened to that I a couple times quit in frustration, um, but I kept coming back to because I kept getting interested in it. So I think sometimes there's some resistance, but also like, I think how it worked a lot of the time, you know, in the past is sometimes you get into something because your friend just takes you with them (laughs) and you go have, you have to try this drink that you wouldn't normally do or watch this movie or, you know, do this thing. That's the best way to shortcut this. Yeah. You're like, well, I don't quite like this, but I got a lot of people here that do, and maybe that'll make it better. I'm, I'm having that exact experience right now. I'm playing uh, street fighter six and I've never played a traditional fighting game for longer than like an hour, like in my life. Like it's not Mm -hmm. a thing I thought I could do. It's not a thing I thought I was good at. I didn't want to spend my limited time to play video games, like trying to get really good at a thing that's really hard for me and getting destroyed by like, you know, 12 year olds from Alabama who, who call me a cuck and whatever. But I have enough friends who are really into that scene and and really like it, that that was sort of my in where it's like, ah, this will be a nice thing to do with them. And I just wanted to get good enough to be able to sort of hold my own with them. And it has ended up pulling me along where I'm like, oh, I actually really enjoyed this thing that I never thought I would like for that exact reason. I feel like that's the shortcut to this whole thing is if I was just bashing my head against this alone without people in my life who were really into it with me, um, I think I would have just bounced off of it. Or just the number of times I've been exposed to something new by just like being at someone's house when people are over and like, hey, let's put let's watch an episode of this. For sure. Yeah. Enthusiasm is really infectious, which I think is like one of the great, you know, like I love getting into something because people I like are really excited about it. Like that's, that'll smooth a lot of the edges out really fast. I think that's what happens with beer too. You know, I think a lot of people learn to drink beer in a, in a social context. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Who'd start that alone? Who in their right mind would start drinking beer on their own? (laughs) I think like, oh, this is clearly something I'm supposed to be drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much exactly. Like this tastes like the allergy filled leavings that I would find inside of a conch shell at the beach at 3 a.m. I'm going to drink it by myself. But like if there's a whole hall full of people you doing just it. keep coming with these weirdly specific things. I mean, I don't have a response to that one. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I was going to be so excited if you're like, no. I drank Hawaiian punch out of a conch shell once that I found and I was going to like lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Have either of you ever acquired a taste for something that you're really glad you did? And have you, or have you ever acquired a taste for something where you're like, this was, I kind of like this now, but was it worth it? I mean, back when I was in the like new music listening to period, there was a number of times where not liking an album on the first listen often led to me liking it more than usual. Oh yeah. 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 I've got, I've got examples of that too. Um, And I'm, I'm, bummed that that doesn't happen much anymore because I don't put it forth the effort anymore. I think that's one of the biggest victims of the thing you were saying earlier about how like people grow up with just infinite content. Like patience for that is so limited these days when it didn't used to be where now if if something doesn't grab me by like 30 seconds in, I'm like, nope. And I just, it's so easy to go to the next thing and like how much awesome stuff that I would love am I missing out on uh, by doing that? But it's too easy. This is like one, one of the things we were talking about on a previous episode is that the reason that people 
venerate the shower as the place you have interesting thoughts or like insights is because that's the only place in the world you don't have your phone to look at. And pretty soon they're going to invent the waterproof phone and then no one will ever have insights anymore. Fuck, that's devastating. I don't think that's <laughs> true, honestly. I don't mean to brag, but I had a shower today. Uh, whoa, big bang. And you didn't think about anything? <laughs> no, I, no, 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 no. The opposite. Like, I didn't, wasn't even intending to think of things. And it was also something I was thinking about anyway, but just like new ideas started coming in there. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, because you didn't have your phone. <laughs> new ideas that I hadn't been thinking of even without looking at my phone. I don't, yeah, I still think it's different. That's fair. Yeah, I, I only come up with new ideas when I actively, unless it's a shower, if I have to actively make the time. Like, I'm going to wash these dishes and not have an audiobook or a podcast or something like mm -hmm. in my head every second. Like, I have to make the appointment with myself to be alone with my own thoughts. Yep. Which is a huge bummer because I'm not good at doing that. It used to just happen naturally all the time. My topic got sad. Can we pull up? I can't believe it got so dark. <laughs> I can't believe we went from the great highs of raccoon car to this. Surely we can <laughs> we can write the ship here, right? What's a taste that's worth acquiring? Oh, um, hmm. What's a taste that's worth acquiring? Yeah, my mind is blank too. Right? <laughs> <sighs> like the, the examples that are all coming to mind are like skills. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking that way too. Which I don't know if it's the same thing. Like, I think you could argue that like tasting what's good about beer might be a skill. I think it might be. It's not one I, I think I ever had. I think I just thought I had. Yeah. <laughs> one that hits me a bit living, living out here in Seattle area is the, um, any like new outside activity that I've enjoyed since I got here, I think has mm. been an acquired taste. Like hiking, I was not a big, I like, you know, I like, trying to stay active when I can, but like hiking at first, I was like, this is just hard walking. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I'm so bored. And the more I did it, I genuinely was like, oh, Washington's gorgeous. And this is actually another state where I uh, have that shower time. Cause I, my phone literally doesn't work out here. And, and there's so much to look at. That's like gorgeous that I'm actually engaged. And like, I genuinely really like it. And I know at first I really was like, this is not for me. And I'm just kind of doing it because I know it's good for me. Um, yeah. similar with like camping. I'm not a big camper. I don't think I'm ever going to be, but we started doing it during the pandemic. Cause it was like one of the only safe ways to like get out anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was like, you know, like my wife and I joked our entire relationship, like we're never going to camp. We love horror movies. Everyone who camps dies as far as our, where, you know, our media is concerned, like we're not going to ever do this. So it was like a joke that we would ever camp. And then we ended up doing it enough that we like, you know, from time to time, it's nice to like get away. So I think that's a big one for me. Any kind of outdoor thing takes some, has some friction at first. I would love to figure out what's good about hiking. <laughs> you have to do it until, uh, until the seething rage and or impossible infinite boredom <laughs> that you're feeling for all these pine cones and shit. I, I, I went on a hike recently, like there were cleaners here and i just was like i do not know how to live with these cleaners here and my wife was like you got so mad that you hiked <laughs> why don't you go on <laughs> i got so agitated that i had to go hiking yeah uh and i went on a walk in a park and like got so agitated i got a new taste <laughs> i took some gorgeous photos of scenery and sent them to my wife and i felt nothing <laughs> sorry a hundred percent. I'm not trying to get you into hiking. You may never love it. Like I'm not a hike advocate. I'm not in the pocket of big hike. I want to make that very clear. But that was me like the first couple of times I was just like, I'm looking at the most gorgeous like mountain range with like green emerald trees dotting the entire thing. And there's like birds like cawing and like flying overhead and the sky looks infinite. And I was just like, that's, you know, yeah. I, I could have played Red Dead Redemption too. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the test is if you get some strange feeling of like, you know, like a go for that, like, tired feeling and the just the sound of the boots on the trail and the the, the air and just like yeah yeah i think if you just weirdly want to do that that's that's how you that's how you're requiring it yeah if it grabs at you um, i also got to say hiking alone sucks shit <laughs> you got you got to do it with somebody that you actually want to talk to oh is this like drinking alone uh, i i would yeah i think so like i like talking to people that's good that's good okay. stuff um I've got an acquired taste, sort of. Yeah, tell us. Wearing a suit. Ooh, oh. that's a good one. I went to four weddings last year. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I should actually get a good suit. Uh, you know, the whole outfit, the whole getup. Mm -hmm. And I'm not one for formal wear. I generally wear whatever. It's a good thing I'm a professor. <laughs> but um, 
I was expecting it to be really much like confining and uncomfortable. It was surprisingly comfortable and it just looks nice. And I still don't do it very much. I've done it as a gag a couple times since then. <laughs> Comedy suit. Um, yeah, there was a, it's a whole other story. Yeah, but, it's, um, it's hard to find a good social context, like in your everyday life where you wear a, a, a nice suit and it'll yeah. sound like you don't seem like a clown. When you see someone, I don't know, I actually, when you see someone wearing a suit, I'm, I usually think, hey, that guy looks good. That guy took the effort. Yeah. Same. On paper, it's like if I saw somebody in a suit, like buying Reese's Cups at my local Fred Meyer, I'd be like, well, look at this weirdo. But then I think if I actually saw it, I'd be like, that dude looks pretty fresh. This actually. is like the the, 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 the photo of the, the guy in the Link costume using a payphone. <laughs> That's a new one on yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I think, except you look at the link guy, the costume guy looking using the payphone, and your first thought isn't why is he dressed like that or why is he using a payphone. It's looks pretty looks pretty good. Like I think <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think it would work out. I have a few times in my life gotten set up with a nice like one time was my wedding. I think that I looked pretty good there. You looked great at your wedding, yeah. and it was comfy. Can confirm. Uh, apparently, the the, the we wedding the wedding dress my wife wore was not as comfy. Mm. So I hear. Apparently, they never are. So I agree. Like the 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 barrier to entry for that sort of suit for me, and I think for a lot of people, is the process of getting it and getting it fit and get like picking out the right you know combination of things and getting them to fit you. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the hard part. I think that's a whole process, no matter who you are. Yeah. Yeah, and and the cost, of course. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good one because I think like that's a really valuable taste to have acquired because everybody looks good in formal wear. I think that's if it's tailored to them and if it fits them well, like everybody looks good in it. And so like being able to get to the point where like I actually didn't feel comfortable wearing this before and now I kind of do. Like I'm not gonna wear it 24 seven, but like I think that's that's a really good one. Like that's a solid. Like that one is your life is. I think diminished a little bit if you just wear it once and go, ah, and then, you know, yeah, yeah. or diminished isn't the right word, but like you, you miss out on something good. I think. Yeah. If you are somebody with my silhouette, I would have to recommend like going to a, a, a place that specializes in that. The first time I tried to get fitted for a, a suit of some kind, I went to the men's warehouse and they do not have the thing for, for a fat person. I don't understand. You're a man and that's the, that's the warehouse. For it's the warehouse yeah. for men. They, yeah. They, I don't understand. Why you they own the warehouse. Cover. I think the employee just wasn't allowed to like suggest I go somewhere else because they just kept out bringing like huh. thing, things <laughs> like that were bigger and bigger, but also longer and longer. And so like the sleeves were like falling down, like down to my knees. <laughs> like and it's <laughs> let's try surely a longer cut will fix this and they just kept like a stretched out jpeg of a suit that gets a little more stretched every time they bring it to you like right just right like showing up at your wedding looking like david byrne in that video <laughs> yeah yeah and and like i'm sure the employee was like just take a hint just go <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna keep making these less and less flattering until you <laughs> go to a store that actually has anything for you yeah that was not pleasant. I, I sidebar, I do and have always thought that it's stupid that a place like men's warehouse, like that you have to go to a specific place if you're a certain size or shape or whatever, because it's like, why don't, why, like, why don't, why doesn't a place that like touts itself as a warehouse, you don't get to call yourself a warehouse if you don't yeah. have, uh -huh. so there point. are plenty of people with that silhouette. There are plenty of people of all kinds of different sizes. I don't think, I think you lose the warehouse title if you don't have that shit too. More of a wear home. Are you, are you thinking <laughs> class action lawsuit? I, I am down if you're, yeah, I'm down if you're down. It's two people. That's, that's enough. We're, we're a that's, class. Yeah, of, we're a class. We're an ilk, ilk action lawsuit. Ilk action lawsuit, please. <laughs> <laughs> are we ready for another topic? Yeah. I feel like we've left my question far behind where it belongs, <laughs> and I feel better now. My topic is texturally enhanced alternative beverage. Do you guys remember? Uh, let me let me remind myself what this product was called. Orbits. God, the uh, soft the soft drink from 1996. Oh no, I do not. Not the place you buy airplane tickets. <laughs> I have. I have put in my body one unit of Orbits and only one, and I still think about it uh, to this day because it was one of the vilest experiences I've ever had with a liquid. I think. Yeah, like what? What do you mean, flavor wise? 
Was it the textural enhancements? It it was the fact that it felt like I was just drinking. I think it was like a raspberry or some kind of like tart berry flavor that just felt like it had little shredded bits of like fucking packing peanuts in it. Like, <laughs> why did you do that? Like, I I would have been like, that's a little too sweet for me. And I'm literally a child when I'm drinking this, but it's like a little much, but not so bad. But you like, why is there all this crap in it? <laughs> why did you do that? <laughs> like, is there a premise of this you can summarize? This yeah, part? yeah. Orbits was a non-carbonated fruit flavored beverage produced by the Clearly Food and Beverage Company of Canada. <laughs> is that what it's? Oh. <laughs> Clearly, it's a fruit and beverage company office. Okay, this paragraph is terrible. But uh, if you look at the picture on this Wikipedia page, uh, you can see that the drinks have little floating balls in them, like like a proto boba, if you will. A, <laughs> yeah, a pre boba. Yeah, hmm. and I do think that like boba is. Gosh, did, do you think boba came? Boba must have come first. I I would be shocked if it hadn't been around and just not really. Yeah, originated in Taiwan in the early '80s. So I, I'm I'm okay. almost certain this must have been like. So it's how do we sell boba to American youth? And oh. later later on, someone would actually just sell boba to American youth, but mm-hmm. no, they, we weren't ready for that yet. We had to have the the <laughs> the little lava lamp drinks. I'm looking at a picture of these, and it's I had the red one. I can absolutely confirm looking at these these horrible garish colors. The red one was the one I it's drank. It's weird what you remember when you from when you're a kid. Yeah, I nothing valuable or formative, but stupid stuff like this, hundred percent. Yeah, and the gall of them to under this this collection of beverages, it says their tagline, which is "Defy gravity," and like stop it. <laughs> the, the shit just floats. That's not anything. Like that's <laughs> stuff. It stuff has floated for forever. That's not defying gravity. That's just how liquid works. Like stop it. I'm not cool with any of it. I don't like the logo. I don't like the colors of the shit in the bottles. I don't like that the flavor of the thing that's floating in it was really any different from the liquid. If I remember right, I don't like the way it opens. I don't like that it's carbonated, so you could absolutely, or it was non-carbonated, right? Like it was like- non- Non-carbonated. I don't like that it's non-carbonated, excuse me, <laughs> that, because I do, it, feels like it, it feels like it should be because that would kind of move and like, you know, shuffle around the little bits of nonsense that are floating in there. But instead they just like limply sit there and it feels like I'm just drinking a random test tube that I took from like a bioengineering lab or something. Like you I don't- You do remember it. I remember it. They got, you know what? I take it back. It's classic quality marketing. They got we were me there. <laughs> three orbits away from developing an acquired taste. And we'll never know. Oh my God. What if you could measure it? Yeah, like seriously, yeah. what that just made me think like, what if you had a smartwatch that had an app that's like, if you drink seven more of these, you're going to, the seventh one, you're going to actually kind of like it a little bit. And you knew how many. What if everybody had like a, a number floating above their head and it was how many orbits <laughs> they needed to drink before I, they I liked imagine, it? Yeah. Imagine like the fates from Greek mythology. It's like, here's his orbits line. <laughs> just cackling and watching him drink. <laughs> and, and now that orbits is no longer produced, everybody's number stays the same forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. There's there's people with ones with 0. 0.5, 0. 0.3 of an orbits hanging above their head, just like, what if? And they'll never know. It's a rusted sword of Damocles. The closest thing I think I can confidently say this, the closest thing to this that you can have now, and don't say boba, because boba's delicious. It's not boba. <laughs> a, a friend of mine, I've never been to like a Sonics, like the Son- you know, Sonics drive-in, like the fast food joint. I've never been to one of those. Not trying to, I don't think I'm better than you. <laughs> I just haven't. And a friend of mine, like a couple years before the pandemic started, was like, we got to go to Sonics. I can't believe you haven't been to Sonics. I love Sonics. That's where, that was like my fast food joint. I was like, I'll go to Sonics with you. And I got a slushy as my beverage. And it was. This is some big dicks energy. It's extremely big dicks energy Shut because the, the slushy was, <laughs> I still think about that all the time too. That was, I think the first time I met April was over the phone when you were eating dicks with me yeah going, look we're dope. like you called your <laughs> girlfriend at the time to yeah. do that joke over the phone yeah <laughs> um she had to see me eating dicks she had to know that and it's good of you that you're open enough as a couple that you you always share you know i think it's cheating if, if you don't if you're not open with it communication wise so at sonics i got this slushy and it was flavor blasted and i i knew you could flavor blast a goldfish but i didn't know you could flavor blast <laughs> a slush beverage and it had these little pellets these little blue it was like a green slushy and had these little blue pellets of flavor in it 
And that's what it, it said. It didn't say what flavor. It just said there's extra flavor in there. And it was like these little, I couldn't tell you. It was like a plasma. I couldn't tell you what form of matter they were. And every time one hit my tongue, it exploded instantly like a little water balloon. And I went, <laughs> like I yelled in the back of the car where I was <laughs> supping on this delectable treat because it scared me every time. Um, but it was the close, it was like my brain was churning. And I was like, what is this? And I was like, this is the closest I feel unsettled the way I felt unsettled when I was drinking in orbits. Like it's like body horror for just your soft palate. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to have the orbits experience, I would go to a Sonics and get you their weird slushy with bits of nonsense floating in it and see how that treats you. I mean, there's got, do you think there's one? Let me, I'm going to search for it, see if there's one around here. It's going to give me Sonic the Hedgehog because Sonic lives around here. <laughs> Sonic lives around Sonic's here. Sonic probably lives closer to the nearest Sonics. <laughs> It would be good branding for him. You're right. Wow. I just searched. I went to Google Maps and I searched Sonic and it's just showing me a picture of the world. <laughs> That's their market penetration, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you want? They're everywhere. <laughs> I'm very disappointed to say I'm on Sonic's website right now. And I think it was a seasonal thing. I just see normal, stupid, boring slushies that are just a flavor without pellets of Willy Wonka bullshit <laughs> floating yeah, in there. It's too bad. I, I thought what you were going to say, like, so have you had like canned boba? once yeah i think i bought some at a wajimaya near here yeah it's, it's it's the bubble tea it's like you know it tastes like black tea and milk and brown sugar which is what it is probably yeah uh, but then like if you the, the canned boba because the, the the boba shop that you buy the the real boba from they like make the they make it fresh they boil the tapioca pearls like that day at least yeah sometimes more than once a day that's recently sourced boba that right you're enjoying. whereas if it's canned it's got to be some other process that's producing something that is like a, a recently boiled boba pearl that will last through the can like that'll be shelf stable and whatever they do it's awful uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's no so good. I actually, I have, I'm sure I've tried Orbits, but I don't remember the actual texture. But like having drunk a canned boba, I feel like this is probably pretty close. It's not yeah. fruit flavored, but. I, f I feel like that probably is accurate because what little I remember, I, I have a, you know, a sense horror of having an Orbits, but it's not one-to-one -one a perfect flawless memory. But I know I didn't care for it and I know it tasted like there was garbage in my drink. I think it's like the taste of having like, is this curdled or is this has this gone bad enough that it's congealed but it's whatever the threshold is where you would immediately stop drinking that thing if you had that thought it's like five percent short of <laughs> of that right line. And, and i feel like a candy boba is the same thing where like this tastes like it is spoiled and i should stop drinking it and you have that thought but you don't stop drinking it because it's not quite gross and congealed enough to stop you to trigger your animal instincts <laughs> for getting poisoned this is also how like free-to-play games work <laughs> oh God, understand? <laughs> Orbits is just a, a free to play game for your tongue. Yeah, I can't believe I had to think about Orbits today <laughs> for the show. I mean, because it happens pretty regularly. I have an inverse example of this. Um, it was probably a number of years back, but when I first had a lambic beer. Oh What's yeah, that? a place I had it was uh, it was it was in Belgium, and I went to this random like brewery that did you know did everything the old ways. They don't add in. Uh, yeasts uh, manually. They just use the yeast in the air, for example. And then they just put the beer after it ferments in these barrels that leach away all the carbonation. So you have a non-carbonated beer. Weird. And it was a kind of, it was weird. And it was also just strangely compelling to drink, to have w one of those sensations without the other. Yeah. I've, I've had a Lambic beer and it is like one of the only times like someone has said, here, you should watch it. Watch out for the notes of X. That I actually tasted the notes. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was like, it was legitimately fruity. Yeah. So it's a dehanced beverage. <laughs> yeah. A texturally subdued uh, beverage. That's really interesting. Um, Orbits could have done with a little of that. Uh, disenhancement. Perhaps removing all the shitty little garbage. Hard <laughs> orbits. <laughs> orbits hard. There's a sonic drive-in <laughs> in Hayward, which is... Uh, on foot, it's two hours and 21 minutes away from me. Get cracking. Yeah. <laughs> I could start right now. <laughs> Why? I'm confused. Okay. Are you just going to go to, in respect, if so, are you just going to go to Sonics now? Because they don't have the the little exploding flavor oh, right. pellets. They thing. don't have the good thing that I wanted to try. 
but mm. I still think it maybe it's a maybe it's a location by location thing. I'm already noticing that when I look at a specific the Hayward one, they have Sonic rechargers with Red Bull, which look wildly disgusting. But I didn't see them on like the straight up just regular Sonic corporate page. So like they should make decaf Red Bull. They shouldn't <laughs> actually counterpoint. They shouldn't do that. Um, because like, it's disgusting. What to, if all you want? What if you, all you want is that horrible, horrible flavor? I don't. I like to believe in things. I don't like to shut people down. It's a matter of course, but find me. I'll apologize when you find me the person who really feels that way. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they exist at all. But you know, um, I love to be proven wrong. Are we ready for another topic? No. Huh? I'm sorry. I need one more second to. Let the orbits have an orbits. I need one more second to both let that feeling leave my palate and also kind of weirdly mourn that I will never have another one. I don't want to, you understand, but it's like also weird. That it's like, but I couldn't if I wanted to, you know? Yeah, no, it's I could uh, put a bunch of puffed rice in a fucking sparkling water and call it an orbits. I guess this opportunity is closed to us. Prison orbits. <laughs> yeah. Toilet tank orbits. Oh man. All right. Orbits recipe. I'm searching for it right now. Oh, please, please find something. I need this. How do you make orbits at home? It's easier than you think. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> it's easier than I think. <laughs> this video has 400, 430 views. Oh, yeah. It's easier than you'd want. Unfortunately, it's pretty easy. <laughs> the, I think the only hard part is whatever you stick in there. You're a teacher. I know you're a math teacher. But maybe it's it's adjacent enough that you can tell me if I'm right. Like you have to have the crap in the beverage has to be of a certain density so that it stays floating level. It doesn't all go to the top or the bottom. It just kind of sits there. Like I feel like that'd be the hardest. Didn't thing. you have to shake it? Didn't it settle to the bottom? You did have to shake it, but when you shook it, it that crap stayed kind of scattered like the beautiful stars in the night sky for a long time. Like yeah. it took forever to settle. Yeah. This is not at all something I am a professor of. Uh, but <laughs> I just think you're like how scientists on TV just know every scientific topic, you know, if I were to make a, an overconfident guess, I would say if, if you make something that's viscous enough, then it will just take a long time to settle. And then any disturbance can just, can, just sort of postpone that ultimate. Right. Settling. It would also yeah. take a very long time to drink. Viscous, I feel like really puts us in the orbits zone though. <laughs> I feel like that's it puts us in orbit. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's an adjective I think has to be part of the equation. Jim, if you've not made the homemade orbits by the next time I'm on the show, I'm I don't I can't describe the level <laughs> We're of not friends anymore. Disappointment that I'm going. So to. according to this, so you you make the the fruit beverage, that part's boring. Uh, you also mix calcium chloride in 500 milliliters of water, stirring vigorously, and then you use an eyedropper to pick up little droplets of this and drop them into your beverage, is what this webpage says. You know, there are some topics that shouldn't be discussed, I'm realizing. <laughs> we got to be more responsible with this show, I agree. Like, some, <laughs> Do we? <laughs> It's not the same as the acquired taste discussion, but there's something about somebody somewhere in the world going, Orbitz doesn't exist anymore, and I could do the sensible thing, which is nothing about that. Or, or the one last Orbitz fan is listening to this and just internally screaming at us and our yeah. just, just Philistine uh, dismissal of this acquired taste. Yeah. I reached my quota. I yeah, had my yeah. seven Orbitz to get to the point where I reached Nirvana and I yeah. knew why it was so special. You people don't get it and you'll never get and it. And then they just got weirdly weirded out because we just did that. <laughs> According to the tasting table, Orbitz not only ignored the rules of gravity, but it also defied the rules of good taste. Get them. <laughs> Blast them. Maybe some Orbitz exec will read that now and be like, oh, man. <laughs> and, and then become a better person. Imagine that I'm trying to imagine the scenario where you're cooking up, you're in the lab in your kitchen and you're cracked it and you figured out how to make like a, a fruit beverage and little particles of nonsense to eyedropper into it and your roommate or your spouse or whatever comes home and goes, what the hell are you doing? And then forging any explanation from that point that doesn't result in being respected less. It's an orbits. You wouldn't, you wouldn't laugh at it if you laugh at it, if you tried it, if you'd had seven of these, you would know how important this is to me. <laughs> you know, I think the orbits executive at this point is like, you know, I'm just glad it's being discussed. It's been like Honestly, what, 20 the, minutes of this yeah. now. This is the They're most talking about, ever it. Talked about it. Yeah. <laughs>
This is my legacy. <laughs> Here's the th- fucked up thing is I, because I'm so susceptible to this. Do you, to get this where like they're, everybody's eating blooming onions from Outback Steakhouse on a show. And suddenly you really want one, even if you don't care about that food that happens mm-hmm. to me all the time. If there was an orbits within arms reach right now, I would crack that fucking thing open. Like it is my job. Like I can't, I would suck it down so fast if oh, I could yeah. get one right now. That, well, that's what you, that's what you do when there's a beverage in front of you. All right, eBay.com. <laughs> Let's see, this is the true value of this show. Is Jim is a person like I forget you can just make stuff happen whenever you want, and he still has that magic in his heart. He doesn't forget. I learned about sorghum popcorn popcorn because of this guy. You know, I wish I hadn't. Um, it doesn't seem good to bottles eat, seem but. to be going for like thirty bucks each. Probably not even kept up with inflation, so I think that's that's fair. <laughs> what do you think the expiry date is on these uh, on these bad boys? Oh so, yeah, not not good. I'll tell you that much. Unless the particles are a preservant, like a preservative of some kind. Oh yeah, if it's if this is like the saltiest beverage known to man, yeah, <laughs> it's just brine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the little particles are pickles. Nobody ever tells you that. Oh about yeah, like bits, but it's, they're just cucumber bits. <laughs> Every one of these like uh, for sale pages is saying, do not actually drink this for display only. And it just says wink. <laughs> right. No, right. Yeah. These people are as, as, as devoid of fun as the people selling the, the Cheetos that look like Batman or whatever. Like, don't eat them. Like, okay. Wink. Like, yeah, I won't put this, this <laughs> manifestation of this incredible uh, character inside my body. Sure. Wink, wink. I get it. All right. We got to get to this poem. Okay. We got to do the poem. Uh, Alexander, you're the only one who knows how to pronounce this. Um, again, there's going to be somebody listening to this who's going to just be screaming at me. So. Well, better you than me. Okay. <laughs> Since you don't have an online presence. Oh, yeah, that's true. All right. This is uh, Bagme Bloma by J.R.R. Tolkien. Is there an in, in-world author? What world? The the fantastical wonder world that I assumed JR this was in. a this was a Middle Earth thing. It's not. It's a regular Earth thing. Oh dang! Yeah, I'll, I will explain after I say. Okay. Okay. Brunum berith bergabogum lovans lovans liovanindi gilwagroni glitmunyandi bagme bloma blödandi fire grafasa lithulinthi. Rojinondi, fer gundi, wopian windows, wejan lindos, litith liman lecandi, sleta reta huitarindia, rasda rodith rirandi, bandwa berta runa goda, fiuda mina, fiuthyandi, andanati milman nipith. Liutith, Liuman, Lomuni, Lovus, Liuve, Bluegand, Lose, Tulgus, Trigua, Standandi, Berca Baza, Bidith, Bleca, Broinondi, Ferguni. So, this is a poem written in Gothic. There are three branches of the Germanic family tree. One of them has English and Dutch and German. One of them has Danish and uh, Swedish in the Scandinavian languages. And a third one has Gothic, which is now extinct. Tolkien was a language nerd. (laughs) And he decided he liked this language. It has some interesting sort of artifacts. For example, you know how... The uh, the past tense of to be is where or was, depending. Originally, it was just was or variants thereof. But at some point in the evolution of the language, a lot of words that had a Z or an S sound changed to R for some reason. So like deer used to have some form that was a, with a Z instead of a D, an R, for example. And Gothic still had that. So it's got a, a testimony to some, like it's an old extinct cousin of ours. Also, the thing he did here is a thing that you don't really see a lot of in poetry in that it doesn't rhyme, it's alliterative, because that's the old Germanic way of doing it. Like Beowulf doesn't rhyme either. Beowulf is alliterative in a very particular way. 
we don't do that anymore because it honestly kind of sounds ridiculous. <laughs> this is just a, a love letter to an old extinct branch of language that he just said, you know what, I want to, I want to use this. I want to breathe some life into it. I want to say something about it. I mean, I could go through the, the translation. It's mostly about like birds and winds and, you know, nature and stuff. But um, I mostly wanted to do it to just try to pronounce all the, all the Gothic. Yeah. 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 And, and I gave you permission to inflict it on, on the audience. In fact, I insisted on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it. Knowing nothing about how what's correct about it, I thought it sounded great. Yeah, I had to look how to look up how to pronounce all these letters. You, you recite that in the nightclub, and all the goth babes would be f- falling all over you. <laughs> yeah, a go- gothic as an adjective is just a funny history because of how many times it's removed from the original meaning. <laughs> it's interesting because uh, I, I like I like the idea of just being like I like languages so I'm gonna write a poem in in another language as an expression of like I don't know if this was tokens goal but it feels like it was probably part of it which just like it felt like it, there's a good chance that the first and foremost thing for him could have been I just really want to mess around with this language I'm not you know and if I write a good poem cool I don't know that that's the case, right? Like I didn't know him or anything, but like if I like the idea that like this could just be like, I think there's something to be said about engaging with an art form uh, and trying to come at it from a point of like, I think it'd be cool to mess around with this new genre of music or this new painting style or writing in a language that I don't normally speak just because it'd be fun to play around with that. I think this would be the equivalent of you writing a a track in uh, just intonation. <laughs> I don't know. Oof, yeah, really, really earn the uh, earn my degree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or like writing writing music by like writing assembly code for the Commodore sixty four. Yeah, <laughs> a little more recent. Yeah, I mean, I if I had to speculate, I would just say I think it was more like you just read, you just learned about this, read about this. I mean, a lot of uh, features of Middle Earth. He had he was a big fan of like Anglo Saxon culture like they were a very literate culture they had a lot of like their own they had a culture that it changed a lot after you know the the norman invasion and the middle ages went through but it's just like oh wow this is so cool and it's so like forgotten like we got we got stories about monsters we got a riddle book that survives we got stories about rings and stuff uh and I think it's just sort of like, oh, here's a whole language that was a big deal, but it's been lost. Like, this is a platform, right? You know, if you just put a page again, a paper in front of me, I'm not going to know what to write on it. But if I'm like, okay, I got, it's got to be alliterative. It's got to be words that I can translate from here. What could I do with that? And what, if I do anything at all, that's, that's pretty satisfying. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. It also has the, um, a thing I think about mainly when I'm going for a run, which I just did today, the, the playlist that I happen to be doing right now is all like, j-rock and j-pop like that's one of the ones i cycle through i listen to a lot of stuff that's in languages i can understand but that's occasionally one that cycles through because it's all very upbeat and i think about a lot like would i like a lot of these songs as much if i knew what the lyrics said because i don't (laughs) have anything to go off of other than just the cool like syllabic rhythms and like the you know the kind of more pure nature of the sounds that are coming at me without like meaning as much and i i definitely think there are songs i know in english that i kind of like the song's kind of a bop but the the lyrics are kind of bumming me out a bit you know yeah it, it can't it's never ruined a song for me but it has diminished a song for me definitely and i feel like this is like the poetry equivalent of that in a way it or at least it could be i just find that interesting where i was just really enjoying like the pure like rhythm and the and the sounds coming at me in a language that i absolutely can't speak and i'm just like this is really beautiful and having no idea what some, it says some of that rhythm was me struggling with the next word <laughs> you know like but that's that's part of it man it's jazz yeah. I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just like trying to like get into it in that way, being like, I can look at the translation while he's reading this and try to kind of map thing to thing. But I didn't do that. And I actually still haven't read the translation. Uh, I obstinately refuse to scroll down because I'm kind of just enjoying like the way that sounded and kind of the mystery of not fully knowing what that could be and, and trying to trying to enjoy a piece of art without the very, very important context of the meaning behind it, I think is kind of neat. Or really stupid. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a, a weird relationship with music, with lyrics, in that I mostly don't want music to have lyrics. So much of it does. <laughs> but I do like the sound of the human voice. And so, like, mm-hmm. yeah, music in a foreign language is often exactly what I'm looking for. Well, I mean, have you listened to Sigur Rós? I have. It's, 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 I, yeah. like, I like some of it. Yeah. 
Do you like the album that is absolutely just all the lyrics are gibberish? I thought it was all like that. So apparently I've only listened uh, to that album. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, uh, I mean, they, it's, it's sort of like it's gibberish, but gibberish from a person who speaks Icelandic. So it's gibberish with a different phonemic inventory. Right. So it sounds Ooh, pretty interesting to us. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's another thing I like quite a bit is somebody doing like what's nonsense talk, but when you have another language as a background, you know, like similar to like the, you know, every country having different like automatopoeia or whatever for like animal sounds. Like I always like, you know, hearing like kikariki and stuff for like chickens Mm -hmm. in Germany is like really fun to me. Yeah, that's because I'm a baby. (laughs) When you're playing the Sims and you go to a different country and there's like French Simlish there that's like. Uh, and that's all the time we have for Topic Lords. Alexander, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Um, the Discord. I should post again about this. We didn't get around to this topic, maybe next time, but um, I am on a quest to discover why, during the Middle Ages, people started dotting the letter Y. This is something that I probably want to talk to a specialist about before going further in my theories. I believe we have at least one of those in the Discord. But um, if you have any insight on this or know someone who does, get at me because I have a case to make. Yeah, that's uh, Topic Lords fans are on the case. How dare you bring that cool, evocative thing up right at the end of the show like that? That's monstrous what you've done. Because now I'm just going to think about that. I didn't know why's were dotted. And now I'm just going to think about it all day. It's funny because that's about the, I would have said that's the most boring thing I could have had a quest about. <laughs> <laughs> well, tar- target audience right here, baby. Like, okay. I'm all about it. I'll, I can tell you more about it if you have time. Yeah. Like, hook me, hook me up with a, uh, a bullet point. I'll send you some manuscripts. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I'll expect my scrolls and two to five business days. That, that and the, the, the hilarious uh, copy of the guy who was writing in Latin, because that's what you did for everything, except he decided to randomly use Greek letters for one passage, except you can clearly see that he did not know the entire Greek alphabet. Nobody will check me on this. Classic. All of these and more <laughs> on the next topic, Lords, that I'm invited to. Uh, and Ryan, if this is something that you want, where could people find you on the internet? I, sc- I screwed up the format again. I do that every time on this show. I'm never going to get it right. I'm such an idiot because I already said where people can find yeah, me but earlier. You got to say it again now. Okay. I'm on Instagram at Ryan Ike Audio. Talk about freelance stuff, creative work, that kind of thing. If you want to work in a creative field, it might be not the worst thing you could do. Uh, you can also find me at RyanIke.com. You can put my name into Spotify, Apple Music, that kind of thing. And uh, again, my continual brag is that I have really good SEO for no apparent reason. I didn't do it. But if you Google me, I'm I'm the guy. I'm the bespectacled egghead who comes up. So if you want to find any of the things I've worked on, that's a really easy way to do it. All right. And tell some other Ryanite commits a war crime or something, <laughs> and then I'll get bumped off the charts. Um. So between now and when you do that, hopefully that has to happen. That uh, sounds like I know what somebody's getting for Christmas. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for being on. Yeah. Thanks for having, thanks for having us. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. This episode was edited by Esper Quinn, who can also edit your episode if you contact them on Twitter. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it, or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com, and you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!